What's up? It's your boy. You already know who it is. It's me, Ruby Rube, coming at you from the Gathering Strength Podcast. And today I'm going to be exploring a story that empowers and inspires. Yep, I'm going to be diving into the captivating world of music and storytelling with a focus on a book that I recently finished listening to, written and read by Dave Grohl. The title of his book is called The Storyteller. Now, the app that I use to stream all of my audiobooks, here's a little secret tip for success. I would recommend to you and encourage you, if you're not listening to audiobooks, one, start doing that. Two, go on to Audible and download the app. Three, subscribe to their monthly subscription. I think it's like 10 bucks a month, but you get you get access to a bunch of awesome books in every single topic that is under the sun. Plus, you get one extra credit to listen to one of the, like their premium titles. So, aside from that, I was blessed to have logged onto the Audible app. I think it was like last week. And I was surprisingly shown that their whole catalog, their entire catalog was 85% off. So what did I do? You already know what I did. I threw all my money, all of my hard-earned money into buying a bunch of titles that I had my mind set on. And I pretty much, hey, I single-handedly purchased Jeff Bezos, another mega yacht. Yep, I spent $250 million on audiobooks, which is the price of one of Jeff Bezos' mega yachts. Well, if you can't tell that there's a little bit of sarcasm in that, well, I don't know, check your pulse, because you might be dead, or maybe that joke just wasn't funny. Tough crowd. Anywho, well, I have that luxury of being able to listen to audiobooks while I work. So that's exactly what I do. And this book, it was in the ballpark of $5. There was a whole bunch of books that I bought for $3. For $5, I was able to spend eight hours with Dave Grohl. And that is one of the the benefits, one of the positive aspects of reading and or listening to these audiobooks. If you don't know who Dave Grawl is, one, you're going to learn today. Two, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you been living under a rock? Because for the last 30 years, this guy has been rocking all over the world. And within his book, he tells a whole bunch of stories about his early beginnings, his hustle and his pursuit and his sacrifices, and all of the things that encapsulated his world. Imagine having to boil down your rock and roll life into an eight or ten hour audiobook. Imagine all the awesome stories that ended up on the editor's floor room while Dave Grohl did his best to entertain and provide insightful anecdotes about his rock and roll life career 
while, like I said before, his book was eight hours long or in that ballpark, you know, I'm only going to be talking about it for the next 20 minutes. So here are some nuggets of wisdom that I was able to walk away with after listening to his book. One is that Dave Grawl, super entertaining. Two is that the pursuit of your passion to sacrifice the status quo conformity of what society says that you're supposed to do. You know, one, it's not always going to work out because there are countless numbers of people who are still struggling, who will never make it, who, you know, tried their best at reaching whatever level of success only to be living on a diet of macaroni and cheese and top ramen. Yeah, man, because not all of these musicians make it to the pinnacle as Dave Grawl did. Here's some more information about Dave Grawl that you may not know. One, Dave Grawl was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. First in 2014 as a member of Nirvana and again in 2021 as a member of the Foo Fighters. Did you know that? Well, if not, you know now because, man, that how many other people are inducted into the Rock and Hall Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for multiple times. I don't know of any. I'm sure there are, but hey, we at least know one. Dave Grawl. He started out as a drummer, or at least receiving his fame and stardom as a rock and roll drummer in Nirvana. And did you know that at the time when Kurt Cobain killed himself, he was worth over 40 to 50 million dollars. And if he were alive today, Kurt Cobain, his his um, his estate is worth $400 million. Let's go ahead and write that name into the column that further provides us proof that money does not buy happiness. There was an anecdote that Dave Grawl shares where Dave Grawl and Kurt Cobain, they're in the record executive's office and Kurt Cobain says that he wants to be the biggest band on earth. Hey, be careful what you wish for because they did at one point reach that pinnacle and reach that title of most famous band on earth. Art is subjective. Nirvana does have a couple of songs, but I'm like, man, this guy, he's not singing. He's I went back and listened to a couple of Kurt Cobain's more, I don't know, uh, iconic performances. And I'm like, man, you can't even understand what this guy is saying. But anywho, I like Teen Spirit and the Come As You Are song. There are some couple, uh, couple songs that are iconic. And hey, Dave Grohl, he was the one who was responsible for that thrashing drum beat. Now, I, I grew up, or my, my teenage years, my formative years, that's when Nirvana really started to pop off. I was aware of them. I didn't really pay attention. As much as Kurt Cobain didn't want to become mainstream after he, he got it, it was one of those things where Kurt Cobain, he was the anonymous drummer in the background of Nirvana. And he was able to travel all over the world with money and 
he, he wasn't the face of Nirvana. So he was the anonymous guy. He was able to go to the grocery store. He was able to live the life of a rock star without all of the fame and paparazzi. Meanwhile, Kurt Cobain, man, he handled it much differently. He started to get into drugs, cocaine, heroin, and it was just a slow descension for Kurt Cobain. Now, Nirvana, they emerged in the late 1980s and early 1990s as one of the pioneers of the grunge movement, which originated in Seattle. They played a crucial role in popularizing the genre, uh, genre which combined elements of punk, rock, and heavy metal, and became a defining sound of the decade. Nirvana's breakthrough album, Nevermind, released in 1991, achieved immense commercial success and brought alternative rock into the mainstream. The album's lead single, Smells Like Teen Spirit, became an anthem for a generation and is often cited as one of the most iconic songs in rock history. Man, Smells Like Teen Spirit? Come on. I mean, it's a good song, but most iconic song? I guess. Yeah, like I said, they were good, but whatever. Dave Grohl, when he was growing up, he tells stories about how he has always gravitated towards the drums. And he was telling stories about how when he was younger, he would just bang on pillows. He would set them up in his room. And whatever he was able to use as a drumstick, he would just uh, simply just bang on them in his room. And then as time went on, he started to get a little bit better. And it was just a natural inclination for him to be able to hear a drum beat. And then with the vigor and intensity and the passion that he had for drumming, he, he was able to figure out complex drumming rhythms. There was a funny story that he told about his one and only music lesson that he paid for. He went to some, some show... And he waited until the drummer was by himself. And he approached the drummer of that jazz band. And he was like, hey, man, do you give uh, do you give drum lessons? And the guy told Dave Grohl, he's like, yeah, it's 30 bucks an hour. Dave Grohl calculated like how much that was going to be um, in, in his mind. He was like, man, I'm going to have to work multiple weekends at this pizza, uh, pizza hut or pizza factory, whatever it was. Um, the restaurant that he was working at. He was going to have to work multiple weekends. They shook hands and the following day that drummer came over and Dave Grawl had his drum set set up and his instructor sat down and just been, he, he started to play and he was controlled, refined. He had skill, technique and it was blowing Dave Grawl away. After he was done with that, he gave the drumsticks to Dave Grawl and Dave Grohl sat down on his drumming throne and just began to beat the shit out of those drums. If you are familiar with Fraggle Rock, I think there's one of those little puppets named Animal, and he is on the drums, and he just plays crazy. And that was a, a character or a descriptive analogy that Dave Grohl used to describe his style. Just thrashing, animalistic, unrefined. And Dave Grohl, he was paying 30 bucks an hour for this guy to show him the way. After Dave Grohl was showing his instructor what he was going to be working with, 
the drum instructor said, hey, you know, that, that was good. Here's the first tip. One, you're holding the drumstick backwards. Dave Grawl, he assumed that, well, first of all, no one ever showed him how to hold a drumstick. And it reminds me of a philosophical quote written or created by Carl Jung. And Carl Jung says that the fool is the precursor to the savior. What that means is you have to be willing to look foolish, to look stupid, to look dumb in order to learn from your mistakes. Ultimately, you don't know what you don't know. Ignorance is bliss until your consciousness and knowledge is illuminated. And then once a path is illuminated for you, then you know how to essentially hold the damn drumstick. Now, in Dave Grohl's mind, he figured that the fat part of the drumstick would create a more fuller and richer sound. Now, because ignorance is bliss, hey, maybe Dave Grohl could have turned on to, you know, something new, but, you know, holding the drumstick backwards is something that Dave Grohl would learn is Bush League. And if you want to look the part and play the part, you're at least going to have to know the fundamentals of how to hold the damn drumstick. Dave Grohl goes on to say that that was the first and only drum lesson that he ever took in his life. Now, Dave Grohl went from being a high school dropout to pursuing his passion. He had a father that did not, uh, he did not approve of his lifestyle or his career decision making skills to, you know, drop out of school and then start a band in a broke down van. Man, it was like a, a classical archetype of the of the young kid with only one purpose is to rock out, rock hard. And Dave Grohl's father, he was much more practical. He was like, man, you're going to need to learn a skill. You're going to need to learn something other than driving around. Uh, driving around trying to find your uh, next gig. Dave Grohl and his father, hey, they, they butt heads over that. But ultimately, uh, you know, I'm, I'm leaving a bunch of stuff out. So he went from that to parlaying his musical prowess and his ambition into a iconic Hall of Fame personification of $320 million dollars. Now, for anyone who wants to be creative, here are some hurdles that you're going to have to go through to follow your passion. One is time and effort. This is something that Dave Grohl put in to parlay his time and effort up to that $320 million payday. Time and effort. Creativity often requires dedicated time and effort. Developing and refining ideas, experimenting with different approaches, and honing one's skills can be time-consuming and demanding. The investment may come at the expense of other activities or commitments. Two, criticism and rejection. This is something that Dave Grohl had a battle with because he was being criticized and ultimately rejected by his father. But rather than living his life to please his father... Hey, he listened to his internal compass. And because of that, hey, man, 
he parlayed it into becoming a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And he's sitting on a nice pile of cash. So being creative means putting your work out into the world and not everyone will appreciate or understand it. Even though Dave Grohl has produced some humongous hits, you know what, there's there's haters out there who are going to say that Dave Grohl's music sucks, his drumming sucks, his music sucks, his guitar playing sucks, and you know what, his music and creativity is just not for them. But if he would have, if he would have taken that all to heart and been sensitive and been a people pleaser where he wants to please everybody. Hey, we wouldn't have that that jet-setting rock and roll superstar, Dave Grohl, that we all have come to know and love today. We just have another another dude clocking in and clocking out. Now, another tax on being creative is you're gonna have to deal with being vulnerable and self-doubt. Creativity often involves expressing oneself authentically and taking personal risk. Opening up and sharing one's ideas, thoughts, or creations can leave individuals feeling vulnerable. Self-doubt and fear of judgment are common challenges that creative people may encounter. Now, when Dave Grohl started to experience some success, now, as he leveled up, he started to compare himself to other bands who were out there. As he started to get better, he started to compare himself to the ultra ultra greats such as Queen and Elton John because, man, those are the people who he was starting to rub elbows with and he didn't feel worthy of being in their presence. But because you have to be able to be courageous, you have to have a thick skin, you have to have resilience, you have to have a self, self-worth, hey, he was able to shuck all that to the side and rise up to his own level of success and greatness. Now, number four, financial considerations. This was something that that plagues all up-and-comers. Essentially, it is the starving musician because, man, your instruments, your gear, your travel expenses, those are all going to be obstacles until you have a way to fund your hobby. When I was in photography, the way that I invested in the gear, the lenses, the know-how, was I, I didn't quit my, my day job. I, I kept going to work, and as I got better and my gear got a, a little bit better, I was able to supplement my income with my job and ultimately gaining new clients and getting bigger paydays. Another thing you have to consider is Sacrificing conformity and social societal norms. Creativity often involves thinking outside the box and challenging established norms and conventions. And once again, going back to Dave Grohl's dad, Dave Grohl's father, of course he wants the best for his son. And because Dave Grohl's father has never been exposed to uh, uh, these creative type people, Dave Grohl, he has to go against what his father wants and follow his inner compass which led him out on the road with only his guitar his passion and not much of anything else where where there is a will there is a way 
and I think Frederick Nietzsche said that if you have a reason for suffering, then you can pretty much bear anyhow. Now, David Grohl, his reason, his passion, his acknowledgement of being uncomfortable, it wasn't so bad. And he was able to bear that suffering and that passion because he loved to play his instrument in front of a crowd and ultimately rocking him out. Now, the term starving artist refers to the stereotype of an artist struggling financially due to their dedication to their craft. It represents the notion that artistic pursuits often come with financial challenges and instability. These individuals may prioritize their creative expression over financial security, facing difficulties in monetizing their work or finding stable income. The term encapsulates the idea of artists sacrificing material comfort to pursue their passion and is often used to highlight the financial struggles that many artists face. And one of the beautiful things about this book that Dave Grohl eloquently expresses is that he was the starving artist where he didn't have anything other than his passion and his instrument. There was no path to guide him. There was no manuals. It was just, hey, let me get together with my buddies, record some music and try to rock out at these shows. Whatever will be, will be. Hey, Sarah, Sarah. Now, this is a great book to listen to because it reminds you that, hey, if you are creating something, one, you shouldn't create it for commercial success. You shouldn't at least have that in your mind. Like, hey, I'm going to create this thing to earn some money because ultimately, if that is your goal, you know, uh, you're not always going to be... Uh, bearing that fruit the most meaningful things that people can create is going to be a passion project that the reward is just going to be creation itself self-expression and anytime that you do that the haters are, are going to hate the naysayers and the people who poo-poo on your party who are who are just not feeling your vibe or whatever You know what? Those people are going to be out there. And if you listen to them, it's going to stifle your creative energy. And that's going to lead you to anger, frustration, resentment, regret. But just know that you are in good company when it comes to creating your art. It doesn't matter whether it is your creative expression of baking a cake, cooking some food, man, going on to YouTube and creating a blog, or hey, you know what, just just like your boy Ruby Rube creating a, a podcast, you know what, there's people who are going to disagree, not like my style, not like the way that I convey information, not like you know, so many things, but it's all good, am I, are, are us artists supposed to create things for everybody, for the haters too, nah man, the haters have one job, and that is just to throw hate throw shade on everything that the creators do. So keep that in mind when you are feeling down and doubtful and like people don't understand you, create it anyways. It's all good. Get it out. Those little seeds of 
imaginative ideas that are inside you. We all have that. And it is the most purposeful and the most well-evolved people. They work to get out their art in whatever facet that it is to, for no other reason other than to create. That's what humans are here to do. Creating art, solving problems, and, and you know, just trying to better themselves. One way that we better ourselves is creating art. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it to the end of the podcast, right on. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow. And, and you already know what I'm going to say. It's onward. Always onward. <laughs>